with is about 10 minutes of questions from you, Aubrey, because I know we, we had talked about a list of things that you wanted to know, and that's why we decided to have this room. And then after that, anybody else that wants to ask questions and be involved in, and, and see what they can see, I'm up for it. Um, a little bit about how it works. There are at least a hundred different ways I can connect to the information. And I normally start with telepathy by asking you personally what you want to know. And my goal with um, my goal with doing these types of things is to find something that can help you in your now. I'm not necessarily interested in only the entertainment value of what you've had in the past, but more of you know what do you want to bring into your ex experience now. But if when I ask you what do you want to know and you come up with something humorous or entertaining, then I'm all willing. I'm willing to share it with you. And then the last part of the explanation is, if I want to get the very best results, then I need to not pre-edit the information as it comes in. So I may say something that doesn't sit right with you, but also remember that um, this is like speaking a hundred different languages as well, because each method has its own vibrational changes that allow you to translate it into words, and then each person has their own vibrational frequencies and experiences that you then have to start to recognize their patterns so you can translate those into words as well. So it can get a little sticky at times and we'll just slow down during that part but otherwise we should be able to go pretty quick. Christine, can I ask you something real fast? Yes. After Aubrey, I would kind of be curious as well. Awesome, yeah. So go ahead and while you're listening, if you can make a list of things, that way we can go faster when it's time. Um, that would be great. And then, uh, or if you just want me to look and you have no agenda, that's fine too. Um, awesome. Before we came on, Aubrey spoke into my head. She says, my soulmate died in battle about four lifetimes ago. And ever since then, I have been looking for someone to take his place. So, Aubrey, what do you think about that? <laughs> My first thought was WTF, Christine. Um, that's super interesting. Uh, <laughs> can you expand on that? <laughs> I can. Do you want to expand on that first, or do you want to go through some of the other questions you have? Oh, Christine. I always get, like, I'm all prepared, and I'm ready to go, and then it comes time, and I'm like, I don't even remember anything about what I wanted to know. I, I don't know if that's just me. It's like when someone's like, what's your favorite food? And I'm like, what's food? I don't remember what that is. <laughs> right? Isn't that so funny? I have those, that same experience. That's why I do take notes for things. Because I'll be so excited and have all these questions. And then if I don't have them written down by the time it's my turn, I forget everything too. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's look at why would you speak that into existence. And my, my conscious guess before I actually look is because you want to confirm that the partner you have now is, in fact, that being that you've been waiting for for four lifetimes. But, again, that's just a conscious thought. It's not what you're telling me. So I'm going to go ahead and take a look now. Give me a second. Okay, so your statement that you're telling me right now is, um, you're showing me a part of your chest is to the right side of your, um, to the right side and just below your collarbone, and it's fist-sized, and the delusion was that I didn't have the audacity to creep up. Okay, so what you're saying is, because the reason you had to wait 
four lifetimes is because you had a delusion, an idea, a belief that you couldn't step up and ask for what you wanted in this world. And let me ask you then, Aubrey, has that changed now in your life? Are you in a place where you're starting to ask for things? <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yes, I believe so. Like, way more so than I was this time last year. I feel like every day I'm changing more and more, and I'm it's easier for me to speak what I want into the universe be like, no, this is what I want. This is what I deserve rather than just like, I don't deserve anything type of thing. So yes, I definitely agree with that. Okay. Now I'm going to, if, if Elliot's okay with this and Elliot, if you're in the room with Aubrey, you can answer. Is it okay that I check in with Elliot as well? Since we're checking to see if he is that guy. Uh, he's downstairs. Um, oh, Okay. Babe, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> if you're okay with that. Okay. All right. Okay, so I'm going to start speaking out loud since we have a small group. And um, again, sometimes I'll ask questions and, and they won't be answered because of the way I'm wording them and I'll have to reword them till I can find the vibrational connection. So I'm going to connect with Elliot and I'm going to ask him, Elliot, how are you feeling? Okay, the answer is fine. Um, although... Elliot, you got an issue in your neck, and your head turns too much to the right easily, so your neck is needs to be worked on. Um, the right side of your shoulder, your right shoulder, too, is a little too tight, so you're going to want to work on that, too. The right shoulder, the right um, upper arm, and, and the neck. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, um, how do you feel about Aubrey? I want to find her in my past. Okay, so did you, did you know her before this lifetime? Yes and no. So you knew who she was or you were looking for her? I felt like she was my soulmate for five lifetimes, for six lifetimes, for seven lifetimes. Okay, so it keeps increasing. So you were looking for a while. So this is, is this a repeating pattern that you were looking for her specifically or the being that represents what you, or she just meets the category of what you were looking for? I'm not sure. I know now that what I want is within this being. Okay. All right. So... I think that's a, a good place to leave that at right now. And then let's go ahead and go back to Aubrey and see what we can find. Okay, so Aubrey, you mentioned that it was um, so many lifetimes ago that you you lost your true love. And let me ask you, was the person you're with now the person that you lost? Yes and no. Okay, now just so you know, guys, there's a lot of times we get yes and no's because part of the question is is true but it's not necessarily true the way we think as human beings. So let me go back and ask, re-ask re this question. Again, Aubrey, when you lost your true love five lifetimes ago, how did it feel? I felt like I was losing my kindness, okay? So then did you struggle with kindness for all of these lives since then? Yes. Would you feel that that has changed in this lifetime? Are you over struggling with kindness? No, okay. Now, I find that really interesting, Aubrey, that you're saying saying that. I'm going to look past that fifth year and see what we find about kindness for you. Okay. Before that, I was a pauper, and I was very fine. Oh, interesting. So um, when you were a pauper, did you feel connected to um, not needing anything? I mean, why, why were you fine with being a pauper? I had no resolution to... I had no resolution. Okay, there's a... If you're speaking a strange language now, hang on. I want to try to find the, the connection back into that. Where were you at? I was 
Okay, so if you were still in the United States, the area of the United States, even though it wasn't the United States then, you, and it would be the area of the Bronx today, but it wasn't back then. Okay, freedom was unheard of at the time. My compulsion came from individuation. Okay, so you were trying to become an individual or you were subjugated? No, I was not subjugated. There was no reason to be. Okay, so there was more freedom in the time that you, of that life that you lived. And let's see, how does that relate to today? Why would you be bringing that up? There's no struggle. Okay, so um, Aubrey, are you looking for a life without struggle now or do you still enjoy lots of drama? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, I guess for me, I know that I have a hard time accepting peace because it feels like it's not real, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's like I look for little things, and I do it subconsciously and consciously, and I try really hard not to, but I can catch myself doing it now that I'm more aware of it. But I will look for ways to be like, oh, well you know, this is supposed to be bad or this is supposed to be this way. So let me ruin it. Like self-sabotage almost. Does that make sense? <laughs> it totally does. And it also makes sense why you would be bringing up this lifetime that you had prior to that kind of experience. So if it's okay with you, what I want to do is I want to pull some of the vibrational frequencies from that lifetime into this moment and see if you can capture those. Okay. 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 So hold on. It's going to take me a minute to cycle them through. Okay, and I'm passing them over to you right now. Now, when I when I give you things like this, you might notice that your breath starts to change, um, your throat might change, the feeling in your chest might change. Chills all the way down my spine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those are always nice. I like that because that what when you get chills down your spine, the nervous system is connecting to the new vibration, which is an excellent thing because the nervous system controls so many minute um, muscle movements, and the muscles tend to hold the patterns that make everything easy and fluid for us. So if we can get it into your nervous system, and then that's the new control for those muscles. Then, like you said, how you're starting to notice things and then stopping them, you're going to start to notice things like minute, tiny changes that you can then take advantage of to get the life that you want now. Okay. Awesome. All right, I'm going to go back into that space one more time. Okay, I'm getting another set of vibrations. These ones are given from your ancestors, though. These aren't ones that you had yourself. So I'm going to check an assumption. The assumption is that these ancestral vibrations were dissipated or displaced. Is this correct or incorrect? Correct. Okay. Now we're going to go give these back into Aubrey's timeline today. How would you... F I'm going to ask a question, but don't answer yourself, Aubrey. I'm asking you out loud so everybody knows what's going on, but I'm not asking you personally right now. So how do you feel about these uh, frequencies, these vibrations, these custodial assignments? I'm not going to give them back to the past. Okay, so you're willing to accept them. Yes. Okay. And how do you feel about your acceptance? My creation becomes more... Okay, the word would ha that we'd given in English is real, but it's, it's more of it becomes more true. So there's a vibrational creation through time and space that allows you to cooperate now with an inside 
I'd say an inside judgment of the heart. Now, when we say it that way, it's not the same again as today's words, judgment. Originally, judgment was designed so that we could see the truth in others. Oh, now I know why you gave yourself this. It makes so much sense. Okay. Judgment is designed so that we see the truth and not the pain. So when somebody is in pain, we'll be able to see through that pain to the goodness that they are, to the honesty that they are, to the, what they were before they were corrupted. And in doing so, when something happens, we won't take it personally. We won't make it about us and we won't harm ourselves. And so it makes perfect sense that since you've just said that you've lived a life of expecting everyone to treat you a certain way, that this is a vibration that was missing in your ancestral line. And that's why we went and retrieved it and we're giving it back to you now. Um, Aubrey, do you feel the same or different? If you're talking, you're, you're muted, so I don't hear anything. Oh, um, I feel like it, my body feels tingly. Okay. Um, and my vision almost feels a little bit cloudy. Does that Yes. Is that yes. The yes, that makes perfect sense. I'll explain to you is if, if you tell me if there's anything else first. Uh, not quite yet. Okay. So the visual changes has to do with uh, fight or flight. When you go into a low level of fight or flight, your vision becomes more acute. And it doesn't make sense to us because we think um, when our vision starts to get cloudy or not as, not as fine, we think, oh, no, this is a bad sign. But what has happened is your vision has been so acute that you've gotten used to seeing things through that low-level fight or flight. And then when it gets kind of blurry or cloudy, when, it, when a shift happens, your body just needs time to readjust to this is what should be normal versus what you've been suffering under for all the time that you've had this acute vision. So it's kind of like when someone needs a new prescription of glasses and you put those on and you feel a little bit dizzy or sick to your stomach because ah, you're yes. quite used to it. And it's just giving you more of a clear vision, but you need to get used to it first. Right. And so the best thing you can do when you get these shifts is not to try to go back what, to what you were feeling before or what you were seeing before. Because when you do that, you offset the change that you've just been implementing. And so that goes for the tinglings too. The tingling is nerve endings. So we just uh, uh, subjected your spine, your nervous system to a change. And so there's parts of your body that have been dormant through time and space. Because again, everything comes through the DNA, it's ancestral lines, all of that. And so now they're waking up and you feel it as tingling. And it's, you can consider it, the thought would be, it's like blood going to a cell that wasn't, wasn't being fed before. And it's not, it's partly that, but not literally as much that. But you might notice too, that's why I say a lot of times people will feel a difference in their heart and their, in their breathing because their oxygenation of their body increases. And a couple of other things happen in this time. And to, for me, myself, if I, the more I want to maintain the connection, the, the more I just feel into that vibration and, and see it as, um, most people would like the word blessing, but for me, I see it as just a feeling of, ah, that, you know, I like this feeling as long as I accept it. And in the acceptance, then I can house it in my body more solidly and, and hang on to more of what I'm feeling. And then within the next three to five days, as you unpack all of these things that you're, you're vibrationally accepting, then things will become more and more clear. Um, Aubrey did ask me a question a couple of days ago, which prompted this whole thing. She asked me if I like oranges in this lifetime, does that mean that I liked oranges in other lifetimes? 
And will I continue to carry this, say, into my next lifetime? And I wanted to explain that. If um, Aubrey, unless you have another question you want to ask right now, I'll go ahead and jump into that. No, I'm okay. I'm just kicking it all in. Okay. So what I would like to share about that is there are definitely things that we can pull from the past into the present, but it's not for the reasons we think. It's not like, just because I like the taste of oranges, that's not why... It's not because I like them then, and it's not because I'll like them later. There's something connected to the taste of orange. So when you think about that you like oranges, it's more likely that there's some experience that you've had that created a feeling and an emotional connection. I call it bonding, you know, chemical bonding and process. And you're duplicating that chemical bonding process in this lifetime. So for instance, for me, I love brownies. And when I make brownies, because I love them so much, people can literally taste the love in my brownies. And I have this story that I tell when my kids were younger that um, there was one day I was too busy and I didn't really have time to make the brownies for the bake sale the next day at their school, but I just forced myself to fit it in. It was just so overwhelming and such a hard day, but I got them made. And when they got a brownie, when they got home from school, and I had set aside a brownie for each of them that I didn't wrap up. And they ate them. They were like, oh, my gosh, these taste awful, Mom. Why? Did, what were you thinking? What happened? <laughs> and that's when we realized that the vibration of my love is what makes everybody enjoy these brownies. Now, I, if I'm in a bad mood and I go to eat brownies, I can, I can literally change the way the brownie tastes by my own mood. So this is what I'm trying to explain when you have a love for something like an orange and you eat an orange and it's amazing and each if you believe in that stronger than the taste of an orange every time you eat an orange you can create in that orange an amazing taste and I've had people practice this too um, I even had one of my kids practice it with raspberries he had a container of raspberries and he ate one he says oh these are awful I'm not going to eat them and I'm like well why don't you think about what a good raspberry tastes like and give it another try? You know, we did a little practice, and then he did that, and it was good. And he's like, oh, that was great. I loved it. And then he, was, he um, started talking about something and went to eat another one, and it was like, oh, these are awful. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you concentrate while you eat them today and see how many of these in a row you can eat tasting amazing? And he went 10 in a row before he got distracted again, and the taste changed. So... That's the part I wanted to point out about something from another lifetime or another experience that comes into this one. There's a connection of a feeling or an emotion that drives that love and that desire more than just the taste itself. And that's also very evident in our experiences when... Hang on, I got distracted. I saw my hands up. Hi, um, uh, is it pronounced Azalean? We'll get to you in a little bit. After Aubrey, we already have Phoenix that's going to be asking some questions. And then uh, we'll see if we can get to you as well. Um, so, oh, here's what happens too, guys. If I'm too far out and then something distracts me, I lose connection to whatever I was saying. And I, I don't know where I was going at all anymore. Um, Aubrey, do you have any other questions? You want me to look for some specific lifetimes? Kind of. Um, I guess I was just, one of my biggest questions is how many more lifetimes do I have after this one? Can you tell that? Or like, <laughs> am I done here? I can like, tell I'm that. Learning? Yeah, I can tell that for some people. Let me see if you have that answer. Not everybody's um, bodies are willing to answer that. So hold on. 
All right. You said four or five, maybe as much as eight, but unfortunately that could be as much as 80. It doesn't necessarily equate. And I'm going to tell you why, because everything changes from this moment forward. Everything that I tell you today alters who you are. The work that we just did altered who you were before we did it. So if you keep that in mind and you stay focused on being the truth of who you are and every minute of the day, you're more likely to come to a faster end of your need to repeat lives. Now, that's based on if you're wanting to move on from here. If you're wanting to stay, then it's just the opposite. You just continue to experience. If you're in a state of freedom, you can choose to come back again and again and again. Okay. So, um, you were a fighter pilot in another life. You said that was a trying time. Um, I really didn't approve of the situation, but I had, there's a word, it's, it's almost ecstasy. So it's that you loved something so much. Let me see what it was. You Was it country you loved so much? Family? Industry. You loved industry so much. Interesting. That you were uh, forthwith. So, you, so that's why you participated in it. Um, oh, by the way, Aubrey, if any of these, if you feel a connection to any of these and you want to say something, I'm open for you just chattering away too, okay? My regression went all the way back to 10,000 lifetimes ago when I was an unjust. And as an unjust, you see you're very violent, you're in the wilderness, um, you're disemboweling other people. Ooh, I think this might have a connection. Aubrey's an author um, that I met in New York. And I wonder if this connects to some of the things, because you say you write about darkness. I've never read any of your work because I can't read darkness. Sorry, I would love to, <laughs> but it's it's too, it, it impacts me too deeply. I wonder if there's where this one came from. That's weird because my torture scenes are seriously the easiest scenes to write for me. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, yeah, the... the Okay, let me go. We're going to move on from that. You say, now we're going to go to another one, disembodiment. Okay, here I was, an angel, an angelic being, where I gave praise to others for their powerful wisdom and nature. I was no longer guiding them, but I was leveling the playing field for them. So basically what you're showing me is um, people who are warriors and who are trying to overcome some big challenge, you're leveling the playing field. You're bringing a sense of equality into the experience so when you look at movies like Braveheart, where this small group of people overcome this great big challenge, that's the kind of experience you are creating. Uh, let me see, what else? Famine. You have a relationship with famine. Where does famine come in? My lifetime ago. Oh, so that's actually not very, that's not what I was expecting. How would have expected something way, you know, during some big famine? No, so my lifetime ago. So the lifetime prior to this one or two, because it feels like two lifetimes ago. My lifetime ago. Yes, two, two lifetimes ago. Okay, so two lifetimes ago, you had a relationship with famine. How are you experiencing that? Through the devotion of others. Okay, so two lifetimes ago, you um, suffered because you gave your food to others in order to keep them alive. You were female. Um, your face was longer and pointier at the chin. So you had a, a, a narrow face that came down. This is the only, this is the strongest visual you've given me. Um, very dark skin. You didn't, you had these like shell things that you wore over your ears. I have no idea what that is. 
um, but it kept you from, I don't know, it seems, I would have to say it's, it's like a religious preference, not religion the way we think of it, but religion of keeping you stable and okay in a safe place. And the, and the shell things you wore over your ears, almost like mufflers, but it, it wasn't cold where you were. Uh, the climate was very controlled, though. I had a lot of wisdom. Okay, you had a lot of wisdom um, whispering. So everybody was very quiet during this lifetime. They weren't, you know, they weren't um, boisterous. They weren't outspoken. Everybody was very soft and and soft, softly spoken, softly shared. Um, a lot of um, non-eye contact, which is strange. But what, what, what I'm seeing is, instead of looking each other in the eye, you, you turn your head just to the ground from that person. So to the right and to the ground of that person that you're speaking to, and the, that person does the same thing as well. And there's, that's something about like the shell coverings that you have on the ears kept you from getting like a reverberation of an experience when you were communicating this way. So um, I would go with like as a mystical experience for you. Let's see what else. The word sudden death was the sudden death of this lifetime. Yes, murdered. Okay, so in that lifetime you were murdered. Um, how's that? I don't. I think we're we've gone a bit, well, huh? I, that's crazy. As soon as you said I was murdered, my whole body like tensed up. That was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of times we'll have, when there's a connection to it, our bodies will actually respond because, again, the, you know, DNA is is stronger in the body and there's so much history in the DNA that the body recognizes the story. Um, if, if you're okay, Aubrey, we're going to go ahead and move on to Phoenix. That's just fine. Thank you so much, Christine. Mm -hmm. And if I may, Christine, can I add myself in the queue if possible? Yes, and um, can we put you, I, I was thinking you were already in the queue after Phoenix and then before Aslan, but I hadn't asked you for sure, but I had the, the idea that you wanted to be. So we'll go ahead and keep it in that order. If one of the moderators would bring Aslan up to um, the, what do you call this? The platform with us? <laughs> the speaking, the speaking the space? Stage. The stage. stage. Thank you. Yeah, you can tell I'm new. <laughs> okay. So Phoenix, um, how, do you have a specific question or do you want me just to read you? I think I just want you to read me because I'm one of those that questions whether or not I had previous lifetime. So ah. for it. And you know, yeah. I should have told you what I heard before you said that because now it's going to sound like I'm just responding to what you said. But the very first <laughs> thing when, when I, when I asked you if you just wanted me to read you, you said was I had a lifetime ago. That means that's it. Just a lifetime ago. It's not, you haven't been here for a very long time. And, um, the, let's see, the corruption was obligatory. There was no, there was no timeline. Let me see where, let me see how you first got here. That's what I want to look at since you don't have a long history. Okay, my feelings came up beyond the South. The North was the rebellious energy and the justification was moderate, moderated through my spiritual, and there's a feeling in the mouth, like the tongue is responsible. So, um, and then the, the throat and the mouth are the focus. Um, so where did you come from then? I know you said you came from the north, but, <laughs> but that doesn't, 
I need if you can if you can go into my thought processes and please pick a few more human words. I would appreciate the support because I do feel you as identified, but I don't truly recognize your vocabulary. Okay, thank you. Very good cooperation. Um, I'm feeling better now. Okay, thank you. And what is it you would, oh, your tongue. Oh, your tongue is so different than ours. So, Phoenix, this tongue thing, and maybe you might even have a tongue experience in today's world. It's like the the tip of the roundness of the tongue feels overly sensitive. Like I can feel my tongue like it knows more, which is weird. Like my tongue has its own brain and it knows more than the rest of my mouth. And um, there's like more space underneath my tongue in this other lifetime than there is now. So what I want to ask you is, do you have a relationship to things about your tongue? Like, or do you have an oral fascination? Do you need to be chewing gum? I mean, do, do you burn your mouth more than others? Is there anything there? <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer this. Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I don't have any other experience that I remember in order to compare it to something else. I don't tend to burn it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily seem weird to me. Right. I know. It's difficult. It's a difficult question um, because you, you have, so let me ask you this. Um, are you, are you super sensitive to, um, certain flavors? Um, some, sometimes, um, if I can have somebody on the panel that can speak to me, if one of you can look up um, what flavors or senses are at the tip of the tongue. I know we got salty, we got sweet, we got sage, savory, and I think sure, this I'll will actually for you. awesome. I, I can tell you, in front of me. thank you. I can tell you, Christine, that I don't like sweets. Yeah, I, I won. I don't know where that is on the tongue, but I'm not into sweet things. Yeah, it's the first. Sweet, um, sweet is in front. That's yeah. It. And I think, so see, this would be, this is my confirmation is if you don't like sweets and the tip of the tongue is, is finding sweets and you have an oversensitive tip of the tongue, it would make sense that you wouldn't respond to sweets the way the rest of us do. So there you go. That, that's how we match these things up. Okay. Now this matches to a lifetime that was not on earth. This is not a human form lifetime that I'm looking at. Okay. Um, gosh. I want to say reptilian, but there's so much baggage people carry with with the idea of reptilian. So I can't say reptilian the way people carry the baggage here. It's not like that. It's more of a very elongated upper body, um, very smooth skin, very light colored skin. Um, there's no need for clothing. There's no genitals that, that are showing anywhere. Um, the bottom half of the body doesn't feel fully formed. Like it doesn't, it doesn't turn into legs. It doesn't have anything um, strong like that for me to pick out. It feels, it feels more gelatinous than the rest of the body. Um, so for instance, if when we look at, um, slugs, you know how slugs, they're more, they have more of a gelatinous body. That, that's just something I can compare to that we have here, but it's not, it's not even quite that firm. So for instance, I could scoop something out of the lower part of your body and walk away with it and it wouldn't, it wouldn't phase you a bit. <laughs> that's what this body feels like in this other life. Um, there was in that lifetime, again, non, non-human form, there was a lot of denial. So 
And the way you experienced the denial was, um, I will not accept, I will not accept, I will not accept. So let me see, let me go a little bit further into that one. I can't have this. Yeah, that feels more solid. I can't have this. So there was a, so again, if it was a human lifetime, we would experience the thought of this as like, um, Aladdin, you know, in the, in the, that cartoon movie that, that everyone watched, Aladdin, how he was a thief and he had a boo and he would take stuff for a boo and for the other kids, but it was a lot harder for him to take for himself. So I cannot accept this. You know, I'm denying that I'm in need of something, even though I know I know we all need it and I keep sharing with others. So, um, again, I don't know if you'll have a relationship to this because it wasn't a human life form and it's a lot harder to, to connect to past lives when they're not human forms. Um, critical thinking. The, so that's a skill that you brought forward from there is critical thinking. Um, I'm going to challenge myself to be better. That's another thought that you brought forward with you from that life. Uh, Phoenix, do you have any questions or anything specific, or you want me to keep going? I, you could keep going, but I can also comment on a lot of that. If you, if you oh, like. I would love for you to comment on it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not surprised at all. I don't have any baggage around that word as far as I know. Um, you, uh, the tongue thing is interesting. But I don't really want to go into that here. Um, <laughs> I thought there might be something underlying because I can feel that you know something, but that is that it doesn't feel comfortable to say it. I understand. Okay, uh, gender. I don't know if you know, but I am non-binary. I don't here currently. Oh, in this human form. I don't identify with gender. I identify I see. with. A lack of gender, a combination of genders, all genders. Um, I don't believe in the binary of it. I think gender is weird and strange. I've never understood it here. I don't understand why y'all have this thing <laughs> called gender. Mm -hmm. um, I, in most places, I go by pronouns they, them, not she. Um, uh, there's oh, oh, that. Else. So let me Go give ahead, you one no. more thing on that they them thing. So I know yeah. that you're using that because of he instead of he she or it, but also you were a, a so in the other life you were like a property owner, which means you had many people that were obligated to you that you supported. So property owner, but we're not talking about land. We're talking about property as in these other beings like you, similar to you. They belong to you, and I could say, in our world, it'd be like children or people that you took in to take care of but in your world it's, it's, it relates more to the way we think of property that there's ownership and responsibility so like when you get a thousand kittens you know you're responsible for all of them it's more like that I don't know if you can relate to that too taking ownership for things I mean if you if you didn't have any sex organs how did you find all of these things to take ownership for that's a very interesting concept too I can say that I know that responsibility is one of my, probably one of my biggest themes, I guess, in, mm -hmm. in this, in life. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things a point to that, and I do feel responsible. And I always currently try to work on the difference between being controlling and being self-responsible. It's just something ah. I've always worked on. Um, but I don't, you know, I've never understood where... 
you know, what that's about. And, right. and, and I've never understood any, everything you're saying is just like amazing, lining up amazingly. And I have been so curious my entire life about this. Oh, cool. So what I would like to do, if you're okay with it, I'd like to take some of the understandings we have as human beings and actually give them back to your other life so that when you process them through that lifetime, they're going to move forward into your lifetime here differently than you currently experience them. Is that okay? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. All right. So what I want to do is that responsibility versus controlling thing. I want to give that thought to that other you because over there, there's no, there's no thought of control. So it's, it's ownership and you have every right to do everything you need to do and, and even you have to do. So it's a, it's a completely different society-based um, model than what we have when it comes to um, responsibility to others. So for like, let me give you another example because I'm going to build the form by telling you the words and then I'm going to pass that back and then we're going to pull it forward again. So here we have a parent who wants to eventually set their child free to, to grow and to move and do their own thing. That's the, the normal human model here. And even if you maintain relationships with your kid, they do get some senses of freedom. But in the model you came from, there's no freedom. There's no such thing. That, and it's not, it's not a negative control. Like here we, we have positive negative control. There it's just this honor system of this is mine and I have to have it and I'm going to gather more. So <laughs> very interesting that I'm going to gather more. But it's, there's, no, there's no ego where you came from. So I don't know if you, you've been able to free yourself of that here because you might have um, struggled with that a bit because of how powerful the ego is in our realm. But you would have come from somewhere that didn't have a challenge. So it would have been easier for you to break that than most people. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And it also makes sense that I have been uh, afraid to, on, on, in some, on some level, step into my power here. It has felt very, it has felt, seemed like a dangerous thing on a certain level for me to do. Yeah, I think because of where you what you brought forward with you, it makes sense because when you compare what the what you had and what was natural to how we live today, you would be um gosh, kind of like a harem. It's not a sexual thing. It's just in a harem, every all the all the women in the harem, they love the person. Well, how the stories go. I'm sorry if it's not historically correct, but the idea was that they all loved the person who they were with, and there was no jealousy in the harem. And all the harem members were worked together to make a better life for the harem owner. So if yeah. you if you think of that concept, that's more of your model. And to yes. do that here is not an okay acceptable behavior. Um, right. right. Even even um, polygamy or any of those. I mean, you can see so many examples of why you would re you would be hesitant to step into power because of where you came from. Okay. So I'm, again, let me finish building this model. Give me just a few few thirty forty seconds maybe to to build it in my hands because I want to add a couple more things. Uh, the vibration. I'm going to add vibration of self respect. Um, the conclusion of. Okay, miss. Hold on, I gotta let go of words for a second. Okay, I got it ready. Now I, I, I'm not just going to force the other you to take it, of course, but I am going to ask the other you if it would like to have it. So I'm showing, I'm gonna show the gift to it. Ooh, now that I'm looking at it head on, it's got a nice slick, um, its head is this nice slick plate that goes backwards about probably 
18 inches long and then continues down the back of the neck. Very nice. Um, grays, blacks, uh, there's not a lot of color and I wondered why when I was looking around the world I didn't see a lot of color because I was looking for pinks and blues and greens and I didn't see anything like that. Um, more charcoal colors. I don't see any earth tones like the browns. There's none of that where you came from either. Um, but there's a very resilient energy there okay, and very powerful. Okay, hold on. All right, it doesn't want to fully accept it. It wants to hold it in its hands, which is fine with me. So I'm just going to stand here and between me and the, and the other you, we're going to hold this between our hands. I'm just going to I'm going to start to talk to it just like I would a human being as I translate into it something it can understand. So how would you like to have this? No, okay, why wouldn't you want to have this? Right, I understand. I'm not asking you to change the experience you already have. Oh, by the way, I'm at, I'm at this being's death point. I'm not at it in the middle of its life. I'm showing this at its death point. So we're not going to alter its experience. We're just going to give it, it will be, oh, oh it sees colors for the first freaking time. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, I got so excited. Oh my gosh, all the colors we're seeing together now. This is amazing. Okay, see, I, it's starting to accept the information. And, and that's part of the things, but we maybe people don't understand here in our realm is how important colors really are and if you think of light and the vibrational frequencies of light um, color is a very vibrant part of that and without that um, things can be more dense and heavy okay I'm going to give this back to you are you ready for it now all right it still wants to hold on to it let me let it have it for a minute <laughs> uh, it's putting it into his chest what we would consider chest area and like stroking across its shoulders it's got longer fingers um, something similar to nails, but not hard, like they're not claws. They're not made for digging or trenching or doing any of the other things we think of claws are for. It's not for that. It's more of a, oh, when they close their hands, the claws are, are super soft and they actually bend into this, into the hand versus poking or, or hurting. It becomes a support. Oh, wow. That claw thing becomes a support for the power of what we would consider a fist. So it becomes like um, inner inner bone structure for the hand, so that it can pummel this these things that we would consider food. Okay, I know I'm just sharing because I don't know what else to do while I'm waiting for it to give it back. Oh, it doesn't want to give it back to me, Phoenix. It wants to give it directly to you. Are you willing to accept? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna stand behind it while it does it, just to keep an eye on everything. Okay, there's an energy kind of spiraling out towards you. Um, there's not full acceptance though, so I'm going to go ahead and hold the two of you at the same time. Alright, so the energy, what's happening now with the energy between the two of you is not transferring, again, we're transferring between species, so it makes sense now that this is different than I expected. Instead of going right into you, both of you are putting the energy up into the sky above you, and that's where it's coalescing. And it's going to manage itself prior to coming back down into both of you, too. Um, so this was, be a, too, a traditionally a bonding experience that, that this other um, you had. So it recognizes this, and you accepted that this bonding experience was okay. 
And then now I'm going to try to help that settle down into your body. You might be feeling some pressure in your back right now. Um, lower, uh, lower spine, lower abdominal area. Now we're opening it up into the shoulders. Progressing up through the head. Ooh. Okay. How you feel, Phoenix? Well, like I just kind of want to sit here with it. The top of my head is tingling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw if you if you were able to mate with with that other being with the you yeah. and add it to the human form. Now I saw that we would you would have actually created some scales. I don't know if you might be feeling or seeing something related to this, so that's why I'm going to go ahead and share it. Um, you would be seeing some scales. Your eyes, it didn't really seem like you had eyes in your other form, but the eyes are dominant control in this form, and you appreciate that, that you have this, this other way of seeing and feeling that you didn't have before, and you feel honored to be a human being. Wow, that's nice, huh? Wow, yeah. Yes, there's sensation of, like, the top of my head, definitely, whoa, my eyes feel weird, too. <laughs> top of my head, down the back of my head, like the back of my neck, and my hands are, I could see the claws that you're, or the, the claw things you were talking about. I definitely feel very strange right now. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to let you stay with that and sit with that. If for any reason um, during these, this conversation, if people become uncomfortable or something feels out of place, let me know, because those, those are emergent, important things that we want to take care of. Christine, can I say one quick last thing? Yes, and then I think Aubrey has a question. Okay. Many years ago, probably, well, many, 20 years ago, about, I was getting a, a, a reading from somebody. And it's not something I generally do. I, I, I don't get them very often. Mm -hmm. And she, this reading was supposed to be 30 minutes. It turned into an hour and a half. And she wanted, she recorded it. And she told me that it was the first time in 40 years she, she had heard of people like me but had never met one And in the 40 years that she'd been doing readings. But she wouldn't t couldn't or wouldn't tell me. And she said I had to wait to find, I would meet people that would be able to help me figure out what exactly what just happened so thank mm. you oh wow that's so nice i'm glad can that I can i add as you were talking phoenix i feel like i sure. just had a deja vu <laughs> i believe it i had, I had two of them while it i wonder was if this has to do with what we were talking about yesterday because yesterday laura phoenix and i were talking about beings who incarnated just to help kind of the evolution of earth. And so that's totally making me think of that conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. If you came here for that Phoenix. Oh yeah, I did. I know I did. Nice. And Aubrey, did you have a question or was your flashing? Uh, uh... Oh, I kind of, I was just saying I was getting like complete full body chills during that entire thing. So that was mm -hmm. awesome. Nice. Oh, I do know that you guys are also here supporting each other too. So it, and I, I probably should have explained this in the beginning. We're doing this, part of this is through the process of I am. And the more we lean into I am, we, we, we become each other. So as we're working as a group, then we can interact, we can overlap, we can have these experiences for ourselves. And, and we take away something that we need as well. 
um, it's this is something I know to be true that as human beings we work better in groups because we all came here with a piece of something and as we interact with each other we can then share that piece and it's something that we, we each needed from the other person so it's really nice Aubrey that you were able to get a piece of something that you needed as well and to then have that experience thanks Phoenix thanks Christine <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we have Diana. Hi. Hi. So what would you like to, do you have a question? You want to look at something? Well, I think I'd first like to just see what comes up, and I've just cast the intention for my higher self to assist you. Um, but then I, I have a question um, afterwards. Okay. Um, I don't know what this means, but the very first thing you said to me is you're not a liberal. So I don't know. I don't have a clue. Is that is that a... I mean, do you know what that would mean? You're not a liberal? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take a look at that and see what that means, you're not a liberal. Okay, so since you were asking your higher self, that's the first one I'm talking to as well. And I feel pressure in, in my third eye for this part. And hang on, so let me just try to adjust the... <sighs> wow, you're, you're, you're so far into the future, Diana. Um... Yeah, you're going to need to give me just a little bit longer because you're so far into the future. Yeah, in the future you, now I'm getting better. So the future you're saying I'm liberated. Okay, that's better. That's more clear. And I'm going to just continue to talk to that part of you, not this part of you. So you are liberated. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm gung-ho. I like this. Okay, I'm good for it. I'm, I'm all in, okay? And um, so the Diana that I have here today is we're going to look at her past, but since we've invited you and you're so far in the future, would you say that you are her past as well or only her future? Only the future, okay. And um, why are you connecting to the past versions of you? To have a lighter being, okay. So does that help you in your where you are today? To have a lighter being? What do you mean by that, a lighter being? Do you mean like... Uh, we see visual lights. Do you mean like weight? What do you? How do you experience that? So the vibrational souls of others. Okay. Do you still have a human physical form? Yes. Indefinite. Oh, you have an indefinite human physical form. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So Diana, I'm gonna I'm gonna break from that. For, I know I hear you. Uh, give me just a minute to tell them something here. Hold on. I'm gonna break and talk to the Diana here now. Um, Lauren, I have had many conversations about. Um, a message I received when I very first started channeling, and it was that this time we get to keep our bodies. And I've never heard another soul say that they have an indefinite human form, but I know that's a goal and that's somewhere we're going. So I find that really interesting, and I just wanted to share that. Um, and now I'm going to go back and see because you're, you're kind of chatty up in the future. Do you want to say something about it? Oh, I'm just curious. Um, so you're saying indefinite human form, like always incarnating? Always, so you are, and a definite human form has no limit to its lifetime. So eternal. Oh, so you're saying that I've, that I will or that I have already trans, passed the part of, of being. The being that I'm talking to you that's so far in the future has achieved the ability to uh, eliminate physical death. There's no physical death anymore. Immortality, correct? Yes. But see, see the vibration of the word immortality it doesn't match with the, that other being, and it, and it causes pressure in my chest. So I can't really say it that way. I have to go with the yeah. indefinite human form, which opens it sense. it opens it back up again to flow. 
So the human form in, in, in that time, in that space, has a, an open flow. And every time I try to close it down with words, it, it starts to feel very uncomfortable and wants to let go of me. Um, so now that we have you so far in the future, let me see what you, is there any other information you'd like to share? <laughs> okay, I don't know how to, let me see if I can say that in human words. Okay, so the words, if I were to repeat them directly, are, no, I don't have any love for her. Now, that doesn't mean she doesn't love you. It's really different when, in, in spiritual conversations, to have no love for someone is to be, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple words that are going to sound awful to most people. She, she has no, she's not impressed by you. She has no lingering feelings. She's no longer in denial. She's um, abridged the ability of full acceptance. There, we're getting closer to what she's actually saying. So her... I understand. You, attachment. I think the word is attachment. Ah, yes. So there's no reason for her to have love for you because we attach that to a physical meaning and, and a lot of connotations, and she does not have that. Yes. Good job. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go um, back into time now and see what we can define as a reality that you've personally experienced. I was no longer royalty. I was ejected from my throne, and I was chastised for my beliefs of honoring others. I was independent, and I created this experience not through divine, but through independence. Okay, now... Let me just check a few things. How far back in time are you? Four, five, six, seven, seven, seven. Ooh, no, that doesn't that doesn't match. Seven hundred thousand years. That doesn't match, does it? Um, I'm asking anyone that knows anything about when humans were on this planet. Seven hundred thousand years. Does that match with human existence? I think it could. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know we have a limited scope given our history but the reality is uh, i do believe humans have been here before okay yeah because i wanted to i kept trying to limit it to less but no you wouldn't respond until i until i accepted seven hundred thousand. okay so that is where you are um and throne royalty and i don't remember what all the words were but it was seemed like the connotation was freedom and wanting that for everyone and you were dethroned because of that um so the subjugation was unjust that's your words. The subjugation was unjust. But you are using my words now, so you're saying it so I can understand it. The subjugation was unjust. Okay. And so you created this new environment then, is that correct? I lost everything. Okay, yes, I understand you lost everything. Okay, but that, okay. You're saying you lost everything, but there's a lot of benefit in there. There's no sadness. There's no sorrow. Um, there's no fighting. It's just a, a natural course in your thought process that this was... I guess it's because you knew it. What would, it's what would happen. You accepted it. There was no longer obligation to others. I had my freedom. Okay. This is really weird because, again, I'm trying to equate something so far back to the way we think today. And what I see is somebody being grabbed by their arms, forcibly removed, and taken out of this the city, the, the, the everywhere, out into the middle of nowhere. And it's the happiest this person has ever been, to be nowhere. And to have, again, no connotation. I think that might be, let me ask you that, because I don't, I don't actually know you. I've never met you. Would you say that you're constantly fighting connotation in this reality? 
Um, can you use a different word? Uh, yes, yes. Yes, I can. The way people define things, you can see right through it. You know that they're confused and they insist on their beliefs and holding them and, and being rigid about them and, and you're not into that or obligated by it and you want no part of it. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I know. I can tap into like universal truths and whatever, so I see mm -hmm. right past people's bullshit stories. <laughs> yes, yes. And and I so if we look into this, this is an energetic process that you freed yourself from 700,000 years ago. You wanted to be free of that because it was the corrupter is the connotation. So the word connotation is the meaning that we give to things. There we go. So you wanted to stop defining reality the way everybody else was defining it. And in doing so, that's you felt you're most free. Um, I don't see you. So it's like they put you in the middle of the desert and you just stay there and then that's all. That was it. So I don't see anything past it. I don't actually see you dying, though. And I would guess that you probably passed out and died without knowing you died. Uh, is the the way the story seems to appear. Let me see if I can get anything more on that. Yep, that's what you did. You just let yourself die, and that was the end of the story. <laughs> so to my current life as well. What? I'm sorry. Did, did it cut out there for a second? Uh, I I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Oh, it said. Uh, I said that it said. <laughs> it's funny. I'm, I'm already identifying myself as a it. It said. Um, <laughs> it said. Um, I said that these themes are uh, identify very much with this life as well. Breaking free from convention and norms, creating my own distance, feeling happier to be totally free and separate. That's totally relevant in this life as well. So even and if it were to bring you death, you would prefer it. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh, I, I, I don't fear death. <laughs> awesome. Very nice. I've already defied the fear of, of death. And so the idea that I'm beyond the, the dying and that I, I, I feel like I'm close if I'm not already like on that cusp of it anyway, because I don't fear death because I've already died, faced my, my stuff and died a million human deaths in my own living world. But my question was, because um, this is that the rub in that seems to be the, um, which I think is probably tied to a lot of my past lives is kind of the anxious about speaking the truth because I am deeply connected to the greater truths. And I feel like I've probably spoken it and I don't know how much information I should give you, but I feel like speaking the truth in, in past lives has gotten me killed. And, but that's just such a reoccurring theme that I'm called to speak out and the universe wants me to share these, these higher truths. So that was that was my underlying question. Okay, let me tell you this other life and see if if this supports what you're what you're trying to reach for right now. So another life you were a flower and you were the child of a bigger flower. So I guess you would say like a bush above you and then you grew underneath. And this little girl, she walks over and she picks you. And and she held you to her chest and she cuddled you and and she loved you and she kissed you. And that was, it's, it's the same experience that you just described, where you would rather die and be free. And the reason she picked you was because of, we're going to call it your voice, but it's the beauty that you exuded. She picked you for that, for the truth of what you were in that moment. And that's what you're saying now is this truth is what you're, challenged with. Now if we look at that, if every time you touch this truth, it causes your death, 
it would make sense that that would be a struggle in the here and now. And being free and, you know, being completely free and not bound to anyone's convention. And there's also been a history of that I feel the pain of loss and separation, but also this deep desire to be free and live life on my own terms. That's like a huge theme of my current life. Okay. So yeah, this, this matches up. So let's, let's go into it just a little bit more and then we'll see what we can do about it. So you have this, this every time you become free, which is your entire goal, and that's the joy of who you are, and then you lose it again. That's the crux. That's the issue right there is every time you achieve it, you lose it. Achieve it or lose it. Achieve it, lose it. And that's been the, the ongoing pattern. And then, again, this time, we've just talked to your eternal self, you know, the body that you keep forever and ever, and uh, the light being. We're going to call it a light being because eventually our, our bodies do become light. And that's when we wear our eternal selves. And and we can pull the vibration into a physical form at any point we want. And we can release it at any point we want. So the structure of today tells us we can't have that. But we, you and I both know we can. So there again is the struggle, which you're, you're striving for this, this freedom because it gives you that. But every time you reach that, you die. So... If you're okay with it, I would like to see if I can find anywhere in these lifetimes to eliminate that connection to death. Now, reason I'm saying that is because you're experiencing suffering and sorrow based on loss. So that's a death of sorts. And we want to eliminate that that is, that is a negative aspect and make it feel um, supportive when there's the death of sorts. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. It, and it totally makes sense because... Even as I'm, even as, as I've freed myself now, there's still like some, I feel that energetic residue. And even though I, I true anymore, I think I'm feeling that the, the, the residue of those past experiences. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to go back to that, that you way far in the future. And well, actually we can't go that far, but we're going to go 200, 300. Man, you jump big, big jumps. I, I don't normally have hundreds of thousands of years that we're dealing with. So you're going to go between two and 300,000 years into the future to find this answer for what we want. And we're going we're gonna to package some of that information up and we're going to try to bring it into the body now. Okay. All right, they're telling me the physical body doesn't allow for this. And I understand that. But I'm going to be more specific with them what I want and see if they can still give it back to me. They said it's going to eliminate the sorrow. And yes, I understand it's going to eliminate the sorrow. That's the point. I understand she'll no longer belong to society as we know it, but that's also the point. We're asking for this benefit. Ah, see, they say, to trust no one is to be no more. Now, let me explain that a little bit more, and then we're going to go back and forth until we find something that's agreeable. So to trust no one is to be no more. When we... When we have an experience and we feel like we have to trust people or that we need them to trust us, that is a type of subjugation because that takes away freedom. If I have to trust someone, <clears throat> I have to live by some of their rules, some of their beliefs, some of their understanding. And if I trust no one, I'm connected to that bigger picture, all of that knowledge continuously. And when I'm connected to that bigger picture and all of that knowledge continuously, then I'm no more as I am today, 
because today I am embodied into a physical form that doesn't have the capacity to not hold on to things, okay, which has to do with energetic flow. So we continually narrow our focus and we slow down the flow in our body and that is what, that's what they're referring to now why they're saying that you would be no more because if you're in constant flow then you end up flowing out of time and space you can leave the physical form completely and that's why they're saying no to me right now so I'm gonna re-explain to them what it is I want okay closer in time we're coming they're bring they're dropping me down closer in time so hundred thousand years hundred forty five thousand years okay yeah, that feels about right. I can feel that in my abdomen is being more acceptable, still keeping physical form while having this enlightened freedom. Okay. So, oh, but that makes the head hurt way too much. We're not going to do that one. How about we come down to, say, 74,000 years? Right. And, and with just the trusting no one, not with the rest of it. Just can you give me that package? Okay. Nice colors, too. Purples, pinks, a um, little bit of turquoise. Quite a bit of white in there as well, right? Okay, so I'm just gonna hold that in my hand for a minute. And uh, Diana, are you ready? Are you? Is it Diane? I took my glasses off. Is Diane or Diana? Diana. Okay. Are you okay with me passing this on to you? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm putting it at your fingertips, and it's and it's going to go in up through the arms. Alright, so I don't feel it as much in the arms as I do in the shoulders and the neck and the head, which means that there's some baggage in the arms that make it so that you're, um, there's a loss of sensitivity. So it may take a, a couple of days for this to unfold and push out some of that. I know the sensitivity, you just told me, the sensitivity is from overprotecting yourself so that you don't have to feel the harm of others. Okay, that makes sense. Ah, you're going to be justified. Okay, good, good, good. Um, to be justified in human form is, ha is to have the full content of our light at the surface of our skin. And that makes it impossible for us to be subjugated or corrupted. As long as we keep it at the surface of our skin and stay there with that, it's a full body experience all the time. Okay, um, how, do, how are you feeling with that? Does it feel okay or did you notice anything at all? I'm, I'm good. I, I feel kind of uh, some energy cycling through my hands. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me check a couple more things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it down into the abdomen because they were they were showing me that's where it needs to be the strongest, and right now it's not really tight in there yet. I'm gonna take it down to the legs, tie it down into the earth. Ah, okay. Did you notice it uh, when I tied it into the earth? Did anything change for you? I'm sitting here cross-legged. I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, <laughs> okay. I felt I, I felt these pulses um, of I communication. I pulses in my hands. Okay. So. Okay. Hmm. We may, in order for this to, I mean, I'm going to let you sit with this for a few days, but um, we may need to address it again if you don't start to feel stronger in the in the concept that we're working on, because. There should be a couple more reactions, but like I said, there's some loss of flow as we come up the arms, and so it, the sensitivity isn't there. It doesn't mean you didn't get the information. It just means if, if it can't unfold, it won't be fulfilled. So we just want to make sure. So I'll give you a meditation to do if you're okay with that. That'll help you unfold this more. Sure. 
when you um, when you think of your arms you want to think of first the biggest boulders in your arms and you want to eliminate those and then you want to find out the very next so then you want to find the the smaller stones and then you want to find the pebbles and then you want to go all the way down to the grain of sand and you want to keep emptying out the space in your physical arms and it doesn't have to be this example but it needs to be this concept keep emptying out finding the smaller and smaller pieces until there's nothing left in the way okay 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 and you just do that through a sense of feeling and visualization so you feel I, I like to use stones because a lot of people can relate to that, but it may be something different for you. It may be, it may be threads. Um, it may be like a fibrous texture for you and not necessarily stones. And so for you, you might need to peel them away from the body, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, do you have any other questions? No, I think it's just really related to that because I'm really on the precipice of of putting myself out there on a much bigger thing and this and even though consciously like I've worked past it in the human world uh, I still feel twinges of that loss and sadness and I think a little bit of, of fear that's still like even though I have every opportunity to step forward now that still kind of like tugs at me right and you may need to work on some of the belief systems too that even though they're not yours they're quantumly tied to you I know Laura does some really good work with, since you guys are, since you two know each other, does really good work with releasing quantum ties. So um, maybe you guys can get together outside of here and talk about that a little bit. And that may also be what sets you further ahead faster. Okay, I don't know who had their hand up first, David or Elliot. Does, does somebody else know? It was, it was David. Okay. David, what can I do for you today? Um, I think now I would like to just, for you to just read and then I probably will have questions. Okay. Um, just so the room knows, we're going to go to about 530. That gives me about uh, 15, 17 more minutes. So, um, after David and Elliot, I won't have, to, oh, I'm Dragonfly, I'm sorry. Maybe you can come back next week. <laughs> we, um, well, we'll see how fast this goes. If it goes fast enough, then we'll have Dragonfly come up too. Okay. So David, let me find you. I'm here within the storm. Okay, what kind of storm are you in? A thunderstorm. What are you doing in that storm? I'm crouching. I'm leaning against the wall. I'm trying to be free. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, I'm just going to start describing it. Um, you're on uh, like a ledge where you're pushing up against this this stone wall, but it's um, it's not as hard as volcanic rock, but it's, it's similar to that as if mud. So when there's an eruption and there's mud, it's more formed like that. And you're pushing up against this wall and your upper body is where you're putting the most force as if you were trying to push into it. And I'm not really sure why you're doing that. So let's see if we can get any answers to what kind of life this is and why this is the one you're choosing to share. Um... You said it's an independent structure, has nothing to do with my reality. I just wanted to find that one. Okay. <laughs> so it feels like you're literally trying to force your body into the stone behind you. And I don't feel you as afraid. I feel you as convinced it's possible and that you're going to do it. And if I, I don't really know you, but I have heard you speak once, and I, I think you connect to this idea of the impossible is possible. 
and that's what this life that I'm, I'm ah see good that life that I'm experiencing is is you being able to force your body into the stone till it's no more and I relate to that when I um, after having a couple of deaths I remember thinking I really could walk through this wall I really could phase out of existence because I understood that um, anything I touch the only reason I don't fall through it is because of I'm holding space. Yes, David. I have a memory that feels like the memory of a, of being a stone, and um, and it and and in that memory it allowed me to intuit like ways of handling bad energy in my house. Is that um, it's almost like a compassionate way to handle bad spirits in your house is to put them in stone because it's a vast inside of there and they can actually still evolve and grow and experience inside of there. But that was just a memory that came back from, from what feels like a memory of being a stone. Yeah, yeah, that does feel related for sure, definitely. So the the experience of, yeah, forcing yourself into the wall until you're the stone. I mean, you never, you never leave in that lifetime. You never leave that wall. You stay there, and that becomes your experience. It makes perfect sense. Huh, interesting. Let me see if there's anything else you want to show me. Hold on. All right, so this lifetime is going back into water. Mm, I need you to speak a little more clearly. I'm not getting any vocabulary. I'm only getting feeling. Okay. All right. All right, so the reason I'm not getting much words from this, but it is, it is showing me something else. It seems that you've had a lot of lifetimes where there's very specific challenges. And I don't know if you relate to that in this lifetime or not, but there's very specific challenges that must be overcome. And it's like life isn't worth living if you don't have a challenge to overcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I'm tired of challenges now. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, this is, this is like the common theme that I'm finding is all of these different lifetimes. And the water one especially, you showed me about five or six different water ones. Um one of them is going up against a boat. It's, it's it's a continual way that you show it too. Is you're very you're very specific, and you're not telling a story. You're showing like just one moment of that life, and you just you're under the water, and this boat is going across you, and you have to do everything to get down away from it, and it just barely misses you, but it still ends up cutting you, and then that's the end. So that I mean that's a, a very ex specific challenge, and. I'm going to go to another experience I've had to try to help get to where you need to go because I'm not sure how to get you there. So I had an experience where I was called to find a missing person. And that missing person was in Colombia. He was kidnapped. And he had two people that were threatening to kill him repeatedly. And his goal was to not die, but not for the reasons we would think. His goal was to be able to hold space and and not judge the individuals and by not judging them they would not kill him but if any moment they felt judged they would murder him and he was so close i mean it was he was right there the door was open it was about to end and then and something crossed his mind and it led to a slight judgment and they saw it on his face and then they shot him and that's kind of what you're showing me too is that relationship to you're walking this really fine line it's a tight line um, but I'm just trying to, why? I'm trying to get to the why. Um, the under um, 
Do you know that I, I mean, I don't, you said you heard me speak, to, but I did have a near-death experience. Oh, yeah. See, everybody that has a near-death experience walks fine lines. <laughs> so that makes sense. I did hear you speak briefly on one of our other things, but I didn't hear that. Um, I, I go in and out of the room sometime, even when I'm my picture's still there. I can't always stay. So, um can you can you say something real quick about that near death, death experience? Yes, I when I left my body, I was light, and and there was a woman in the emergency room where I died that held my attention. She seemed to be anchoring me to earth, but I was in deep, deep, deep space, and I felt like I was a star, and and the light that people refer to just felt like a bigger star, and. Um, his gravitational pull is stronger, so I was floating towards it, but I was so far away that it didn't really pull me. I could stay where I was at. Um, I didn't want to go to the light. I intuited that the light would, was where I would be recycled. My, my experience would be integrated into the into the Akashic records, and I would be recycled. That's what my intuited, intuition told me. Mm-hmm. Very um, interesting. Okay. Um, All right. So, so yeah. Yeah, so I would think that what you're probably missing is a specific type of grounding that allows you to emulate a vibration that Earth has. And when, because that's why you need the challenge, because you need the challenge to force yourself to stay or you'll go. So if we can find that vibration that you're missing and cycle that into your system, it might eliminate your need to have the struggle and walk, walk these fine lines. Is that okay with you? Yes. Okay. Can I add something real quick, Christine? Yes. I think maybe that's what the rock is about because a rock, if you tie a rock to a balloon, it doesn't float away. Mm-hmm. That might be why he studied that, was trying to get there. Okay. Um, let's see. So I'm going to see if I can find that vibration. Okay. It has to do with the right arm. Okay. So the right arm is tied to heart chakra. Um finances, responsibility, discipline. All right, it's not my job. That's what we want to find. You you are missing the vibration that allows you to let go of responsibility. So let me ask you, David, are you overly responsible in life? And and not in the not in the way that that people um like I'm I consider people spiritually more so than than other ways, but I will give anything that I have to anyone. Without second thought, I always I don't I'm not good with money because I give I will give it away I will spend it on other people but I always feel like it'll come back. Mhm, mhm. All right, so there's something in that structure. I, even though it seems like a good structure, there's something that's missing that would bring you to a state of equality, and that's what you're struggling. Let me let me just verify that. I believe that's what you're struggling to find. Is this so? I'm going to start talking to another part of you, David, and not so you don't have to answer. I'm going to tell you both sides of the story. So is is this the case for sure? No, there's a little bit missing. There's a part of me that feels that if I just let go, I won't suffer anymore. Okay, so are you letting go of things to reduce the suffering? There's a yes to there. Oh, go ahead, David, if you want to share. No, I'd, I'd rather listen because you you seem so on point. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So we're finding our value in the happiness of others, correct? Okay. So we wanna uh, we want to 
find our value in just the fact that we exist. So we don't want external or even to take it internally. The value is inherent. I think I think that's really what's missing and that's a that's a struggle to bring into this planet as it is uh, even through the ether to pull it in anywhere is that in the inherent value of just existing is more than enough. And so give me a second to see if I can just open in some of your cells because I can't actually pull that in into you. I have to find pieces of it already existent and start to pop those open. Okay. All right, David, do you feel the same or different? Um, <clears throat> I feel kind of light, like something was lifted off me. Like it was tingling, but it was just like residue of something that was there that's not there anymore. Okay. Okay, now that I, so a lot of times, by the way, guys, if I ever ask you, do you feel the same or different? It's okay if you feel the same too. I'm just looking because when you check in, I can get more information as well than when I just check in. So I see your point of view about yourself, and there's a little bit more I'm going to do for you, David, because of your check in. Okay, I'm going to say this. I I don't know if it'll make sense. But the reason that there's been all this struggle is the, the attempt to protect the heart, and especially on the right side. So the right shoulder has an energetic process of leaning forward. I don't know if you have it in your physical life or not. Um, there's been quite a bit of restriction on the right elbow, and um, I would almost say that there's swelling in the hand, the right hand. And so I'm going to try to move some of that around, and even into the right side above the hip. There's something in there too. That those are all interconnected points. Oh yeah. So wherever the where the elbow actually hits the physical right side, that's that's where the spot is. Though both those two are connected. Okay. I'm gonna try to get those to feel lighter as well. Releasing into time and space. No longer mine. Corruption. No more. Justified. Undone. Released. Okay. Now we want to go into the right jaw. Tie it to the right shoulder. And we're going to tie it because it's already stuck. So we're going to tie it so you can feel the difference between tied and stuck. Correct. Okay, now we're going to let that go. Trusting no one. No longer mine. I want this to be the experience of a lifetime. Good comment. That's a really good comment. So you just said back to me, I want this to be the experience of a lifetime. And that's a really positive take, moving you in a very good direction. Give up the suffering, let it be no more, correct? Justice from the inside out. Timeline rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're dumping a little bit of energy out of the third chakra. It fell right into the second. <clears throat> but that's not really. We want the second to combust it and throw it back out too, okay? 
corruption no more. Correct. Okay, David, same or different? This is tingling. A lot of tingling left. Okay. Right arm is tingling. Um, yeah. Okay, good, good. Um, I'm gonna, if you're okay, I'm gonna go ahead and move on to Elliot. Is that all right? I, I wanted, I had a, I know you have a short time, but as a, as a previous life that I'm remembering, a woman who was raped, mm -hmm. and, and it's coming to me a lot lately as, a, as like, I need to do something, and I'm trying to, to determine, you know, I feel like I'm intuitive what I need to do, but I'm trying to, to, to I guess, confirm if there is that, is that something that's, just some residue, or is that a, 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 something that I need to follow up on? Okay. Seriously. All right. Let me let me see what I can get from you on that. Hold on. Okay. It ties into the root chakra of your physical form today. Um, I feel it right at the fold of the leg. And I feel it um, down into the pelvis bone, but but in the front, in, in between the legs, the, the, that area there. And it's tied into resentment. And so the what you need to let go of then is that resentment tied into that area of the body. So let's talk about that area of the body and what kind of resentments would be held. Where the leg bends, whenever there's a flex point and you're on the inside of that flex point that's um, that tends to be that you are overexposed let me try to explain this differently so like like if it's your knee the, the front of your knee if you're if you're if that's where your pain were then that's you um, being inflexible but if it's the back side of the knees then you're are you're too flexible so you it's it's a, it's Accommodating others at a level that you shouldn't. So that's where that is, and and that's what's being brought up is you're accommodating people at a level that you shouldn't, and it ties into sexuality. I can't I can't ex explain why it does, um, but there's a lot of resistance in there, and it's reminiscent of. Let me see what you're trying to say. It's reminiscent of. It's reminiscent of you would feel better if you didn't understand other people. So if you back up from leaning too far into someone else's story, like if you don't buy into their whole story, not like you're like they're disingenuine, but you don't take it on by not buying into it. You just back up from it. You allow it to be their story without you being brought into it or becoming part of it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so that that's what you need to work on in order to eliminate that tie to that past event. Thank you. Certainly. And we have Elliot. Elliot, what's up? I've never met Elliot, but I've seen lots of pictures of him. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What can I do for you? Um, I don't know. I just feel like this would be something worth experiencing. All right, cool, cool. Um, you were a worm at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I find that that entertaining. Uh, let me see if I can see why you wanted to show me that you were a worm. Okay, worms have no eyes. I'm just going to start to talk about worms and what I know about them and see what you respond to. Okay, worms have no eyes. I can't see where I'm going. 
I'm, I'm misunderstood while being understood. Okay. Worms have no eyes. Yeah, you just keep coming back to worms have no eyes. You can't see where you're going. So if we take that past life and we bring it into this life, worms have no eyes and I can't see where I'm going. I would guess that your third eye is shut down tight. And when that happens, that you cannot easily see the future and you tend to rely on the past way too much in order to make decisions. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> you wanted to be aware of that. Now, if you can open the third eye and what it does. So the third eye is the mind and the brain connected. The mind accesses all the infinite wisdom and everything else. And then the brain is what allows you to function and save the physical form in this reality. And it allows you to be habitual and to move forward easily. But what happens if we rely too heavily on the brain, then we can't hear the mind anymore. And the mind is the one that has the 100,000 points of information that when you need something, to be true and to understand it completely, it gives you that support. Now, why does that matter? Because we self-create in our reality. And so if you're not getting the support you need, when you try to self-create, you feel lost. And so it would be a struggle to make anything happen in real time. Does that also make sense? It does. Okay. Do you want to go more into this or you want to look for another life besides being a worm? Um, a little bit more. Okay. Um, your worm self says, I'm going to undermine you. Now, <laughs> when I undermine you, it's you, a worm would go, would dig underneath something. It undermines it like it's mining underneath it. It undermines it and would leave a gap. So if your worm self is going to undermine you, it leaves a gap and it makes it possible for the bottom to drop out of your life. Now, this is a positive gift that the worm self is giving you because you rely too heavily on solid ground and the fear that the bottom will drop out is what's causing almost all of your complications. So the gift from the worm self is that if I undermine you and it happens, then you don't have to be afraid anymore. So if you can just go to, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can lose everything. You can be homeless. You can be on the street and you can die. Well, that's already done. Who cares? So why not have fun now? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I I don't, I mean, I see your, because your, Aubrey, I know Aubrey, I've seen posts on Facebook, and I don't really see you as an overly controlled person through the posts, but what I'm seeing now makes me think that you are. I think that you're definitely on the right track. Okay. <laughs> so relaxing some of that over control would be the start. And then once you relax some of it, if you could learn um, some just basic meditation skills, I don't know if you already have them or not, but if you could learn the basic meditation skills and then relax in the meditation. Um, oh, Samuel just did a post that we put up on the website where he talks about reincarnation and how the only one, one of the points that was made on one of the other calls was to get to a state of reincarnation, you have to relax into it. And when you do so, you then become connected to the information. And so that's basically the, the, the process that's missing is the overthinking. Yeah. So let's eliminate all of your overthinking. Allow yourself when you're thinking through a, a, a process that if you think the same thought three times in a row, you're done with that for the day. Okay? I can do that. 
Oh, good, good. Because <laughs> it doesn't do you any good to keep going back to it. And if you find that you're struggling to keep going back to it, just find a bigger distraction, whatever it takes. And if that, and I suggest you find doing something fun as your bigger distraction. I know you have a lot of fun in your life, but it's not, it's not coming into your chest. It's not in your self-empowerment area. So it seems like you're relying on others to make fun for you. And again, this doesn't sound like the person I see on Facebook, but I think I'm still on track. I think so. Okay, so if you can start to self-identify with fun instead of participating in the fun that others provide, that would also go miles to get you into a, good, a, a better place with what you're trying to accomplish here, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Do you want anything else? Um, no, I'm good. Okay. Thanks. Uh-huh. And then let's wrap up with Dragonfly. How can before, I help you? Before we continue, uh-huh. um, I just want to make sure that everybody who's spoken here today agrees to be recorded so that we can put it on our website so that it can help you to be able to go back and listen to it again and help others who may need this information too. Does everyone agree? If so, please unmute and say yes. 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 Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Okay, cool. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Um, Christine, I just want to say you are so sweet to even offer to give me a reading, um, you know, this late in the game. And I don't want you to do that. I want oh. you to conserve your energy. And I'm sure I'll catch you another time. Um, but I have really enjoyed listening to you give other readings to people. You have a very unique style. Um, and I really look forward to the next time you're on. I will follow you so that I can find out when you're on next. And I'll just come back some other time. But thank okay. you for offering Oh, you are very sweet, too. That's very generous of you. Thank you so much. Sure thing. Talk right. you next time. All right, cool. I look forward to it. We'll put you up first. Okay, guys. Well, uh, thanks. Let's call it a wrap, then. Yeah, thanks for everybody. I just saw Monica was on here, so she just joined us. Hi, Monica. Hi, hi everyone. This was <laughs> so great. Thank you for, um, for sharing everyone. David and Elliot, I managed to catch um, what you guys said and I got a lot out of it so thank you and Laura Christine you know you both know I think you're absolutely amazing this was really great awesome yeah and we'll we we put everything that we that we get people's permission we put it up on um, the website that that's in our information and I'll I'll put this one up because I, I did think there's quite a bit of good information that people might want to go back over and I'll put this one up um, within a within a day or two for everyone okay and can I say to Christine, um, I'm remembering a few of the things that you told me when you read for me, I'm remembering as thoughts that I had, <laughs> and so it's like validation. Ah, nice. What you shared. Awesome. Good. All right, guys. I feel like, I feel like I've been reconnected with some part of me that I lost. <gasps> yes! So yes, that's brilliant. I love it. Thanks, everyone, for participating and for being a part of this grand awakening that we're going through and for um, Christine. And I know how much energy you give to this and how exciting and wonderful it is at the same time to be you in front of everyone. <laughs> and uh, good job, everybody. Yes, it takes a clan. It takes a group. Yep. Okay. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, y'all. Good night, everybody.
Bye, everyone. Thank you again.